Have you ever experienced something so crippling in your life that has made you feel broken? I have. Are you someone who has a giving heart but is struggling to feel good themselves? Are you consistently putting your needs aside to take care of everyone else? If so, you're not alone. Giving starts with giving to yourself so that you are able to give of yourself to other people. Isn't it time you took back control and discovered what makes you tick? Join me in my journey and find out how you can feel better about yourself, live your best life, and share that with others. Thinking of yourself, it doesn't make you selfish. It makes you brave. I'm Nelia, and this is the Giving Starts With You podcast. Welcome to the Giving Starts With You podcast, powered by Travel, Live, Give, and I'm your host, Nelia Hutt. If you're ready to expose and target the areas of your life that are not getting you closer to living your best life, then I have created just the thing to help you. I've created a Live Your Best Life blueprint. It's a free download that you can now get at www.travellivegive.com blueprint slash This blueprint will look at seven key areas of your life, from how you manage your mental health to how you show up in your relationships, from self-care to job satisfaction, and how and what you choose to spend your free time on so that you can start living the life you deserve, desire, and crave. Because after all, it's time to start feeling better and create a life that makes you proud. You'll also learn in this blueprint more about yourself. You'll get clear on what really matters. You'll stop making excuses and take action and be one massive step closer to the life you want to live. Life is way too short not to live your best life. So what are you waiting for? Go to www.travellivegive.com slash blueprint. Now let's tune into the episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Giving Starts With You podcast. I'm your host, Nelia Hutt, and I'd like to say thank you for those who are listening and watching on YouTube for another episode, because I know that these conversations, and especially my conversation with Bill today, because I can tell through the screen already, you know, like that he's a genuine person. And those are the best conversations that I could ever ask for on this podcast, but I can already tell we're going to learn a lot. We're going to share a lot. And I think some of his story is going to resonate with you. And that's what I'm hoping because if he can do it, we can do it. So thanks for coming on the show, Bill. How are you? I'm great. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for coming on. I know you're a busy guy. So, so just to let you guys know a little bit about Bill. So Bill is the author of Thriving in the Storm, Nine Principles to Help You Overcome Any Adversity. And we all need the help that we can get. So thank you for writing the book. (laughs) Um, Bill has overcome PTSD from an abusive childhood, countless mental health challenges, and unexpected crisis. He went on to finish an Ironman, earn a black belt, and I hope I'm pronouncing this right, in Krav Maga and run the Boston Marathon five times. And he tells me that one of those times he was on crutches. What? So (laughs) this is incredible. Thank you. 
And Bill will be speaking to us today about unique ways to harden our mindset to achieve our goals despite adversity. So I can't wait to speak to you about this upcoming book. But in order for us to get to know you a little bit better, how did your journey begin? Like, I know you've been through a lot of things and we can't, you know, possibly go into everything today, but can you give us a little bit of a gist of what you went through so we know where you're coming from and where you are, part of your journey? Sure thing. Yeah, so, I mean, grow, growing up, it was, um, was, it was a lot of shaming, ridicule, a lot of physical abuse, and it was, it was, so normal that that's how I thought life was supposed to be. No, that was normal, right? You know, and even even my friends that I grew up with, you know, we were lower middle middle class, um, and you know, I just know a lot of my friends had really loving families, and um, my mom was incredibly loving, and she was more of my my shield as as often as she could be, but that you know didn't always work out. Um, nonetheless i used to i used to just love to to hang out but what started to happen was i started to do things even as a, as a kid um in spite of in i'll show you mm. the the incredible motivation was i'm gonna succeed here because you don't think i'm worthy i'm gonna succeed here because you don't think i matter i'm gonna succeed here because you make me feel less than. Now, incredible self-doubt and feelings of unworthiness that I still battle to this very day and, and I'm 50, right? So <clears throat> it's been my fuel. But here's the thing. It, it took it took into my late 40s to realize that that fuel is okay for motivation to, to show somebody that you're more than than you than you were led to believe, right? However, that's not that's not your own motivation, you know. So you're running from something instead of to something. You're running away from something instead of to something that's rewarding. So what happens is when you set goals and you're motivated to show somebody else that you matter, then you're not necessarily doing it. For yourself and then when you're on such a mission you you do things with blinders on and you beeline to that goal line you beeline to that target you beeline and you don't you'll knock everything and anybody that's in your way uh, over and you don't get to enjoy the journey along the way mm. and that's that's very important because that motivation gets exhausting. If you're always doing something to uh, out of spite, um, you know, then that then you're 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 gonna you're gonna have angst, you have anxiety, you're gonna have tension, you're gonna have anger, you and that's that's all the stuff that I that I balled up. So like you know, in my work goals, it was work, 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 seven hours a week, come home say hi to the kids and, and I'd go back to work. And if the TV was too, too loud, I'm yelling and screaming at the kids, you know, when they were young, I mean, they're adult children now, but I mean, adult kids now, but um, so we're, we're, we're processed through that. But 
those are the things, those are the things that have happened. There was a test that I took in my late 40s, and you mentioned the, the PTSD. There was a test that I took in my late 40s when I was going through some counseling and uh, in an intensive facility. And what that test was is called an ACE test. It's an adverse childhood experience. And the clinician, at, he, he said, statistically, Bill, you should be dead or in jail based on what you've scored or you're turning to violence, gangs, drug addiction, alcoholism, porn addiction, uh, obsessive compulsive eating, you name it, right? And it's just, it, it, the, the list goes on. What I turned to was workaholism mm. and extreme sports. So I would always do everything I could to be out of the house. So I'd play every single sport I possibly could. Whether, and I like, I like all sports, but there was, you know, I would just do everything and anything that I could do to be out of the house. So I became, I, I became immersed in my sports, but I would also, um, you know, work as much as I could, whether it's get, get a paper route at the time, you know, at 10 years old or go shovel snow or go rake leaves or cut lawns or, you know, wash cars, like whatever it took. So I just always, my whole life. Hmm. lost myself in work and some of my extreme my extreme activities because the alternative was the other stuff that I that I could have done so that is not without its consequences again I, I'll, I'll tell you you know the consequences for my behavior was I stuffed and suppressed and put everything deep inside the belly and let it let it fester there and then it would come out inappropriately with just you know um tension and just n not doing enough with my kids or or being present or whatever it was because i would just be so um involved in what i thought was important you know you never you know you never heard anybody on their deathbed say, say you know i wish i closed one more deal mm. you know i wish i spent more time with my family I wish I did this with my kids. I, you know, so that, that, you know, luckily I, I, I was able to do a, a strong reset with all that. And it was, you know, again, it was an intensive therapy and here's how things get, get mass now. In 2019, I, I had just gotten, you, you mentioned this in the bio, so I'll share it with you. I, I had just gotten my, my black belt in, in Krav Maga, my first degree. I had just run the Boston Marathon. I had trained for an Ironman in six months when I didn't have a bike or I wasn't swimming. And an Ironman is a 2.4 mile swim, 112 mile bike, and a 26.2 mile marathon on top of it. And and I, and then I just had my best career year, and I made the most money I ever made. And I looked like the poster child of success. But when I crossed the finish line of that Ironman in mm -hmm. November of 2019, what nobody knew, not one person, except my mother, my sisters, and, and, and my family, my kids didn't even know. I was checking myself into an intensive um, uh, psychological facility because I realized I was depressed. Mm -hmm. And it was a book that I read on one of my training sessions. It was, it was, um, I listened to a big audible 
you know, a lot of people like their rock out on their music when they're running. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I geek out on my, my self-help books, but anyways, I, I was listening to uh, Terry Rail's book. I don't want to talk about it. And it was about men's depression 30 years ago when that was not even talked about. And it was, it was, this, it's still a stigma and a stereotype today. Can you imagine 30 years ago? And so where, where the, where I was, my eyes were completely opened is when I went and saw him and I, and I said to Terry, I said, Terry, that book resonated with me so much that your dad was my dad. I was you and that abusive, shaming, uh, physically beat down environment, but I had it way worse than you. And he, he basically said, you're screwed unless you get help right away. And so I, I look like I had the life yet. I was, I was a mess. I was, I was in a lot of trouble. And so that's, that's what I mean by running from something and not to something, you know, all these, all these beautiful things along the way was a mask. Mm. And, and it finally got clawed off, caught off me. You know, I have to say, thank you for coming on. I don't get a lot of men wanting to open up about depression. And I didn't want to, (laughs) I know. And I mean, it's, it's hard for women as well, but I appreciate the conversation because I think um, the more we do it, the more men perhaps will feel comfortable coming out and talking about it. So thank you, first of all. Um, Second of all, I'm 52. So on a lighter note, (laughs) we do have some things in common. I also know how it feels to suppress feelings. I did it for 12 years when my father died and I ended up 12 years later having the grief and new problems. So I get it. It's like one of the worst things you can do. Um, And I'm so, how do I say this? Um, I understand how difficult that is when you're holding things in to try to protect yourself but then things come out in different ways. So for you, you said it came out, you know, with your family and with workaholism and everything. It's And when you took the test, you said, you know, that your therapist you said to you, sort of like, of course you have this, why wouldn't you? It's sort of like, we don't ask why he's doing it. We ask, why not? Why not is he becoming either addicted to something or of course something has to give. I mean, we're only human, right? So something has to come out of those things. Yeah, because sometimes people think, oh, I don't have a story or my story is not as scary as somebody else's. And to us, it's just horrible. We're the ones sitting in it, right? It doesn't matter how how big or how small we think it is. The feeling, of course, is huge. So I'm so happy that we're talking about this. And you're right, like 30 years ago. So we've come a long way, but it's not enough. So this is why I'm happy we're here to talk about the book. I want to know so much about what's in there, because I know you talk about that there's three things that you have to decide, right? You can decide to be a victim. I know you talk about just making it and then like actually thriving more than, and the goal is to do more than just survive, but first we have to get there, right? So how do you go from 
you know, the why is this happening to me and becoming a victim to doing that? Because I think that's really hard for a lot of people. Yeah, the the victim mindset is, you know, when we allow, allow our circumstances to create our identity. And when the, when that identity is, is set, a lot of times it's a, just a convenient excuse not to do anything. Yeah. And live in that and live in that realm, right? And so, hey, this this adversity, st- you know, struck, and now I have a reason to call in sick. I have a reason not to go to school. I have a reason not to do that project. I have a reason to give up on my goal. I have a reason to give up here because this happened. And maybe it, maybe it is mm-hmm. okay to do, but you got to get back. You got to get back up at some point. So if it's a grieving process, that's one thing. But if it's a reason to give up, that's a whole nother thing. So you want to be very careful when when your adversity strikes. And and the other thing is, um, when you're going through that adversity that is keeping you down and out, you know, it, it's very important to to flip that switch as fast as you can and identify and become aware of what those feelings and emotions really are. Is it sadness? Is it anger? Is it hostility? Is it despair? Is it depression? Is it, is it, uh, are you, are you incredibly um, hostile or angry or whatever, whatever is going on with you regarding that, you know, identify that, feel, feel those feelings. But if you want to start to feel better, what you really need to do in that moment is understand what your blessings are. You know, like, you know what? Yes, this happened to me. I, I had a real rough day at work or this happened to me and I, you know, I had a breakup or I lost a loved one or whatever. But, you know, I am so thankful for my kids, my family, my health, my kids' health, the roof over my head, the air I breathe, the job I get to go to work to, the things I get to do, you know, and again, there's a grieving process. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying, I don't want to scale anybody's adversity. It just, I'm saying trying to get through things as fast as you can. So then you don't let that be an excuse to quit things that you started or want to start. And I'm so glad. I'm so glad you said this because honestly, um, we can get comfortable and we can get lazy, you know, like I was the most comfortable when I was depressed because it was easy. I knew how it felt. I was comfortable in the feeling and took a lot to get out of it. You really have to decide for yourself. You can't do these things alone, but the decision has to come from you. Exactly. When life is great, doing things is easy. (laughs) When life is tough, doing things that are going to get you to the next level that you don't feel like doing with all the doubt and and all the chirping on on both sides of your shoulders in your ears that's coming along with it telling you how you're no good or how you're not worthy or how um you know you shouldn't even in, have started this to begin with it's easy to pull those covers over your head mm-hmm. it really is so that's that's why if you're able to get out of that as fast as you can then you can then you can thrive and so one of the things that happens to us all is the more that we let our adversity 
sink us for a longer period of time because stuff happens to us all the time, right? But think of it as, as a day. One day is not going to hurt. But what if you had, you know, 40 days of being knocked, knocked down mm-hmm. and you let 40 days get away from you as opposed to somebody else that said, you know what? I let two days get away from me. Those other 38, I was able to pull up my bootstraps and, and get on with it. Think about how much more productive you are and think about what you turn to when that adversity strikes. Maybe you're self-medicating. Maybe it's alcohol, drugs. Maybe it's sweets. Maybe it's junk food. Maybe it's binge watching Netflix, Game of Thrones. It's maybe it's what whatever it is that's that you think is soothing because you give yourself an excuse to stay down. So you got to be very careful of that too. You know, I, I just need a drink. I, you know, I just, I, you know what? I had a really bad day. I need a drink. I need two. I need three. I need four. And then your your productive day that you had scheduled the next day, you just lost that day too, or a good portion of it. Yeah, and I mean, even a simple thing as binge watching stuff. Like, let's just go with something a little easier to, that most a lot of people do. It's just, it might make you forget for 15 20 minutes but when you're done you're still as tired you're still as angry you're still all those things that you're mentioning and it's i hear you talking all about you just have to change the way that you think your mindset right so i know a lot of people who may say oh but that's just the way i am i don't i can't do it i'm not and i'm like you can learn different skills that will change the way you think it's something that you can learn most of us have to learn. We're not born with all of these answers and these and these things that will help us, right? These strategies. So that's why you need to get the book. That's why you need to read books like that. And yeah, and learn all the things because we don't have, we're not born with the answers. Yeah. Yeah. And what, one of the things you said um, about mentioning, you know, the depression is I... I grew up with depression, but I never admitted it, mm. not once, to anybody. You know what I said? Anxiety. I have a little bit of anxiety. I have a little bit of anger. Mm. I, I get. I, I. I. I'm short tempered. You know. Don't. You know. Don't wrong me. You know that kind of thing. Like, but I was. I was hurting. I was hurting for a long time. And then, and I know you mentioned it. And it's all we also wrote about it. So, when I was at um, at the intensive in Arizona um, in 2019. They, when I left there because of my, my childhood trauma, they had said that I had PTSD and I, at that time, and this is when I knew I had a lot of work to do in, especially in retrospect at that time, I said, no, I'm not worthy of that. Wow. There's no way that I could have that. That's a warrior's diagnosis. Oh my God. That's a soldier who saw combat. Okay, you're blowing my mind because I had the same conversation with my physician. I was like, no, 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 you can't say that. Like, you can't categorize me in the same category as these other people who have been through exactly what you're saying, war and all that. Sorry, I I had to just kind of like, you're you're saying things and I'm like, oh my God, like I can feel it because it's similarities that are just... Yeah, sorry. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I don't want to you either. Um, I want to be careful. You know, I just, I just, you know, just it's, but yeah. you know, so the, so obviously, I I look back on that and and I say, okay, yes, 
the stuff I went through was incredibly traumatic and it was that I wouldn't wish upon any any child right but to me I talked about it as if it was matter of fact yeah yeah you know I patched up the wall that I got put through and knocked unconscious when I was eight years old like you know like that kind of stuff was talked about in a matter of fact if you told me that story about you know your neighbor's kid I'd be in tears almost you know just because I would be empathetic so here's the other thing that I realized I never, I never had the self-care or love for my younger self. Mm. So that is something that a process. Now, when you talk about men that won't share their feelings, especially if it's of uh, an ilk like depression, right? Men, men will cover up so many things that, that is, that have happened to them and kind of, and kind of sweep it sweep it under the rug as if it if it doesn't matter and so the self-love thing mm-hmm. is a real thing you know so so like men men don't have a lot of empathy for them young for their younger selves especially um in some cases and that was me and so i had to learn to to love my younger self you know girl you know from way back when like it was okay so we also need to forgive ourselves and I think you know that's part of the healing part of the process and as we're and still thrive right so you're you're going through this process of these things that you have the 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 self-forgiveness and you and you still have the self-care and the self-love and here's where the magic happens and the the true healing and 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 fireworks explode once you can do this Forgive the person that you felt wronged you and send them blessings. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of therapy. It's a lot of processing. But if you can do that, you have released that burden, that weight has been holding you down from whatever you're trying to do. And you can you can find so much happiness mm-hmm. for yourself when you do that. When you root for somebody's ill fate or bad karma you're 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 asking the universe to strike you down by lightning so you got to be really you got to be really careful on how you look at that and, and then you know it'd be easy for you to say well you don't even know what happened to me and, and i and i don't and, and and i can only imagine but i know what happened to me you know i just want people to understand is i'm not there's no comparison and there's no judgment it's mm-hmm. just we want we just want to help everyone heal that may have maybe stuck with some unfinished business or some some past things that they didn't realize was holding them holding them down holding them back allowing them to be the victim of their circumstances because it happened to them so we want to help you get through that and sometimes you don't know the burden that it has on you until it's gone and you can kind of exhale and be like wow that was even heavier than i thought it was it's been sitting with me and i mean we we know but Sometimes I, sometimes you can exhale more and you can feel the lift being like how much was actually holding you down once it's gone, because you feel lighter, like happier, all these things that you're saying. I just have a question. So Bill, do you think that uh, not just for you, but men in general, do you think that they don't talk about certain things and depression because 
they're worried that it's going to make them be perceived as weak or is it something yeah. else? or is it something else yeah. i just want to bring it out there like what do you think people are going to say oh yeah. i i would call you soft growing mm. up if a if a dude in my high school said he had depression we, we'd probably be out in the back brawling yeah but that goes to show you how much I wanted to cover, you know, I was covering up my own stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very hypocritical. But since I wrote this book, some of the some of the toughest people that I've ever met or known have been, they were like, man, I had no idea. And I went through that too. And I just never wanted to talk about it. Thank you. And I'm like, oh, you really? Oh, I love that. And, and, and then they get real with their feelings. It's so we, we, we mask, we mask. There's a lot of work to be done. No, yeah. I mean, you know, the, the death by suicide is, is a real thing. Um, it's four times more likely that males will commit suicide than, than females because females talk about it and they get, they help process their feelings and it's, and it, it needs to be Tragic. Yeah, it's tragic. Just this year, I know two teenagers who have committed suicide. Just this year, both boys. And it's it's very tragic and very sad. But yeah, you just you just don't know. You don't know what it's like to be in somebody's situation. You don't know what it's like to, to live in somebody's life. And um, it's so crucial and so important for men and women to just start having the conversations. I hope that, you know, we have come a long way in 30 years, but I hope that we can keep growing and keep, you know, the more we talk about it, the more men can talk about it, the more women can talk about it, the more people will come like that person, you know, that came to you in your book. And I think that we will realize how much more people suffered from depression that the statistics think they do, you know? It's so much higher than what's reported. And especially for men, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's um it's definitely something that shouldn't be quieted. You know, a lot of times we feel like we don't want to appear weak or who's gonna care about our story or somebody's gonna make fun of us or whatever it is. Right. You know, it's another way of us protecting ourselves. If people don't know, they can't hurt us anymore, but yet we're hurting ourselves. Right. Absolutely. So what would you say is the biggest gift you ever gave to yourself that made you change the way you thought about who you are? It it, it really was the process of um, learning to love, Mm. love me. (laughs) And, you know, I, I, even saying that out loud is, is, is difficult. Like, you know, I thought I, you know, I, I grew up as a, as a guy that, like I said, if you, if you had those emotional, we call them emotional weaknesses, you'd be considered soft. And so it's, it's real mindfulness, mental health is, is really needs to be, um, really needs to be. Can, it continuously needs to be addressed because it's there's a lot of people that are that are hurting and, and they don't talk about it 
Um, so, you know, getting in touch with your true young, younger self or yourself, you know, it was, you know, I still battle, I still battle, you know, I battle every day, but, but I'll, but I will, but I have the tools and the practices and the routines and, and everything else that equip me to continue to try to live at a, at a higher level and stay instead of being brought down when the circumstances do happen. Yeah, no, I'm so glad that you've that you've been able to share this with us today because I think it's going to really help people going living in this world where people don't know. I mean, even if you don't want to share the details of something that you've been going through, it's okay. But just to tell people, hey, I need help is huge. That's different than having to air all of your laundry if that if you don't want to do that. But if you don't say anything then you're really the one losing out because as you know, because you're not able to show up in the world for your family, for yourself. Nobody wants to hurt that much forever. You know, there are things that happen to us in certain times in our life. And in my trailer, I say, you know, um, so many times things can break us and talking about it sometimes is the difference between having it break us completely or having us realize, hey, I have these things, they're a part of me, but they're not who I am. I'm not defined by these things. And right. I think it's important to know that so that we don't hate ourselves. You know, a lot of people go around this world hating themselves because of things that happen to them, where it's not their fault. Yeah. You know, it wasn't your fault that these things happened. Um, and you, we can't go on our whole life suffering and repeating these things in our mind, when let's say this took place 10 years of our life and we lived to 80 years old, we can't let those 80 years be all about suffering. And, you know, we do need to try to help ourselves as much as possible. Right. We do. And just be, be aware of our own self-talk. Yes. We're very hard on ourselves and our self-talk. I'm so, I'm so glad that honestly, that I have this platform to interview people like you and to interview um, and speak about these important topics because we really need to share them. We really need to speak to our kids about them. It changes everything. It yeah. changes how we feel about ourselves, how we show up in the world. It changes how we're there for other people. It changes our empathy, our anger. Like you said, um, it can even prevent us from being addicted to different things that then take another turn. It's just like it snowballs out of control and yeah. we really have to be our biggest advocate and believe in ourselves. So what do you do now for your self-care and self, like to help yourself like day to day? What type of things do you do when you're faced with all of those, you know, emotions here and there? Well, I mean, I, I have a very strict routine. Um, it's a daily routine. Um, it's the morning routine and an evening routine. The morning routine mm -hmm. is... You know, I get up super early because I I do a lot of training. I'm training for for different events, um, and you know that will that will include breathing. I'll do some breath work. I'll 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 say my prayers, thank my thank my higher power, my Lord for 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 my blessings, and you know then I go I do a little bit of prep work on my work with my coffee and then I'm off to my work I'm off to my workouts and that prepares me for my day when stuff mm -hmm. when stuff gets thrown at me now I'm in um, I built up that resilience I built up that 
fortress. I hardened myself against the things that are getting thrown at me at that day. And but I also I pulled I have the same routine where I don't allow, you know, I try not to allow, you know, negativity, adversity, bad news enter uh enter my mind or my mm-hmm. life, you know, before bed. You know, if it's if it's a call from the kids or if it's a you know a, you know a call from a loved one or a text or something, then I then I have to take that. But but for the most part, like I'm not I'm not watching a show. I'm not watching news. I'm done scrolling a good hour or so before before I before I crash. I'll journal a little bit. Um, you can journal on your phone. You can journal by your bedside. I mean, just you know, what were my three wins today? What were my lessons today? What am I grateful for today? And, you know, that's just, there's things you can do to, to help you. Now you just, now you set yourself up for a good morning. Mm. If you go to bed that way and get, you know, take, you know, taking care of yourself with your, um, you know, getting the sleep, proper nutrition, you know, the, 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 um, physical act, the physical activity, but the mental activity too, is very important. The breath work, the mind, you know, the visualizations, the meditations, you know, there's just um, so many things that we, we we can do to take care of that self-care. I mean, and, you know, obviously take care of your body. If you can go get a massage, get a massage. If you can go get some acupuncture, if you can go do, go take a yoga class, do some foam rolling, stretch, whatever, whatever that, that is, you know, th- that's going to help you as well. So there's so many things that, that I do and you can do um, to do that self-care thing. Thank you for sharing that because I can give people some ideas as well. And a lot of times people think self-care is just having bubble baths. And so we talk about that on the show because it's also doing the boundaries and the priorities and deciding what you want your life to look at, giving yourself intentional time for you, right? And most people say, I don't have time for that. I'm too busy, but you have to make time because it'll slow down time too. Don't you find that when you're taking that intentional time, to do the things that you've set up for yourself, that it just slows things down a little bit. Yeah, it does. It definitely does. When when you're when you're deliberate on on what you want to do, and and so like you joke about the bubble baths, but seriously, if you if you want to yeah. say, you know, I just Calgon take me away, you know, if you want to do that, oh, absolutely, throw some Epsom salt in there. Yes, absolutely. I, I just meant like it's not all. It's not all about that. It can be about just saying no sometimes, you know? Right? You know? Absolutely. So, Bill, I know that you like to give back as well. And on the show, um, we talk a lot about about that and how it makes us feel so good. And I know that you do that. I know that you do that and you've done so. Um, You've raised over $500,000 for Make-A-Wish Foundation, right? And you do that through your like sponsorships and through your donations for your running and your 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 um, athletics? Yeah, a lot of that's a lot of it's through that. And then you know, I've been in sales for been in sales for 25 years. So since 2006, I've donated we've donated every single month on behalf of our clients um to make a wish and haven't missed a month. So that helped towards that 500 that 500k. I love that so much, you know, because that's part of self-care too. I find that that's one of the things that helps me the most feel connected and feel uh, grounded is doing that. So I want people to see that that's also 
not only are you helping other people, but when you give, it helps you. It makes you feel good. And it it puts everything kind of into perspective too. So I love that you do that. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Is there anything about your book that we didn't talk about today? I know you want people to read it, obviously. Where can we buy the book? Where where can we find it? Sure, anywhere books are sold. I mean, Amazon and in, in anywhere books are sold. Barnes and Noble, and it's in it's in hopefully a lot of bookstores. Or they can get they can go on my website if they want a bulk order, thrivingintheStorm.com. And there's some resources in there. And I talked about the journaling, the morning and evening journals are in there, along with the emotions. Mm. Um, it's, in, it's on that website. And uh, some of the exercises that we we talk about that we talked about today are also um, some exercises. I think we had 21 exercises in the book that's that's downloadable on the website as well. Yeah, I noticed there you offer a free uh, chapter of your book. People sign up for your email. And they get some resources. So I encourage everybody to do that. Um, this way you can get a taste of what it's all about. And you go out and buy the book. And, you know, sometimes you just have to buy it for somebody else. You know, sometimes people who are suffering, they don't buy these things for themselves. And, you know, we all care about people in our lives. And we all, sometimes we know that somebody might be suffering and they haven't really come out and said. It could be a nice, quiet way to just say, hey, I got your back. I know there's something going on where maybe they're not ready to talk to you about it. Um, things like this make really good gifts that are not, you know, it can be done privately as well. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Do you have an Audible version? Because I know you like Audible. Love Audible. Um, it's in the works. Hopefully uh, we'll rec be recording uh, in May or June. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Cool. I used to be one of those people. I used to run the, you know, go to high school and take the Toronto subway and have those self-help books, even as a teenager. And I used to cover them with this brown paper because I'm like, oh my God, I'm reading, you know, child of alcoholic parents. What are people going to think if they see me reading this? Right. So I used to cover the covers of the books. And now with Audible and podcasts and all of these things, Right. can you know I was always oh people are going to think I'm broken I'm reading a crazy book you know so mm -hmm. there are other ways to to um to do this and it's okay just embrace the crazy you know sometimes I say that all the time it wasn't until I like accepted all of these things that happened in my life that I was like I'm okay with it you yeah. know and it doesn't mean that you're not lovable it doesn't mean you're not worth it doesn't mean you're weak whether you're a guy or a girl I think girls worry about that too maybe sure. not as much as as dudes right but it's the beginning you know take that first step because if you don't nothing's going to change nope it's not going to change I mean your life in five years could be so different or it could be exactly the same or even worse, because sometimes as things goes on, things get worse, not better when you don't talk about it. Yeah, I agree. So thank you, Bill, for coming and talking about your book. I'm so excited that you wrote it. I think it's very necessary in the world today. Well, thank you. And uh, I, I hope, uh, you know, there's some takeaways for folks that, that do pick it up. And if there's anything I can do, feel free to reach out. Absolutely. So again, it's thriving in the storm, nine principles to help you overcome any adversity. And we all have those. Honestly, we do. So we're all equal here. We're all equal. We all have our own 
things. And yes, some are bigger than others, but that's in the eye of the beholder, right? <laughs> Thanks, Bill. And I wish you luck with everything and continue on your journey and uh, keep talking about this. This is important work that you're doing. So thank you very much. Thank you. You too. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe or leave a review. See you next week on the Giving Starts With You podcast. If you're ready to expose and target the areas of your life that are not getting you closer to living your best life, then I have created just the thing to help you. I've created a Live Your Best Life blueprint. It's a free download that you can now get at www.travellivegive.com slash blueprint slash. This blueprint will look at seven key areas of your life from how you manage your mental health to how you show up in your relationships, from self-care to job satisfaction, and how and what you choose to spend your free time on so that you can start living the life you deserve, desire, and crave. Because after all, it's time to start feeling better and create a life that makes you proud. You'll also learn in this blueprint more about yourself. You'll get clear on what really matters. You'll stop making excuses and take action and be one massive step closer to the life you want to live. Life is way too short not to live your best life. So what are you waiting for? Go to www.travellivegive.com/blueprint. <laughs>